third test starts tonight. And for Code Sports Live over there in Leeds, Dan Cherney joins us. Dan, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, give us a bit of a, an idea of the vibe over there right now because, geez, it sounds hostile. Yes. Good to be with you, Sam and Warren. Uh, yeah, look, I'm actually just standing outside the uh, the entrance to where the players are about to arrive. The Australian team's arrival here is imminent. There's a little bit of a security uh, group around just to ensure they get smooth, gets away smoothly. I, it's not a massive crowd sort of smelling around, but I suppose it only takes major trouble. Like, it's been, I must say, I don't doubt it to be overly hostile around town over the last couple of days, but that's very different, of course, once they actually get out into the middle as terrorists. Uh, there at Headingley, which is, is sort of notorious, a bit like the Holly standard at Edmaston. Hmm. But so it's a bit of the picture. Um, Alex Carey, I saw him walking around, you know, in theory, the number one number two villain in England and was walking around uh, the uh, the train station where there's a grocery store just there with his son the, uh, yesterday morning uh, going about his business pretty unobtrusively. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily feel all that uh, in your face, but, um, you know, it could be a different story once they actually get out into the, into the middle. Dan, Alex Carey doesn't really strike you as the villain, does he? He's the nicest bloke in the world. <laughs> no, he is a, he's a very nice, down-to-earth, lovely guy, Alex. And uh, it is a bit of a shame in that respect that he has sort of come off as... Uh, in, look, I, I don't think ultimately there's a bit all of it pantomime. Uh, you know, there's just a bit of theatre to, to all of this. And as long as it doesn't overstep the mark, if it's a bit of gentle sledging and all that, um, it's not you know, it's not the end of the world. But no, you're right. Alex is a bit very, very nice fellow from all my experience. I'm sure you guys know him well, being a... Uh, given he's a proud South Australian. You mentioned the pantomime. It looks as if it's all that, and it looks as if it's a cover-up for being uh, zero and two on your home deck and, you know, pitches prepared the way you wanted them and lots of pressure and they haven't been able to get basketball going, so to speak. Is that fair? Well, I think there is probably a bit of that. I think it is a diversionary tactic to, to an extent. I mean, I think that there is gen- a general sense of affrontedness from England about the dismissal and uh, a genuine sense of that, and, and I think there are some probably some cultural differences in terms of the way the game can be played here versus there, but uh, well, you know, Australia versus England. But I think to an extent there is also a bit of a, a diversion. You know, they are two nil down, uh, and it is a you know, very tricky spot. And there was so much hype around baseball coming up, and I just sort of talking to a few people around the game. It's uh, it's, it's a no Brendan McCullum reasonably well. Like they sort of, the, the suggestion was that. Uh, He's not averse to playing these sorts of uh, these sorts of games, and I suppose good luck to him in that respect. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a reasonable argument. And Pat Cummins, without saying as much, he, he sort of hinted uh, the potential that that was the case. Mm. Uh, well, let's not get diverted ourselves. Let's talk about the cricket indeed. And um, the selection for England's been interesting. They've dropped James Anderson, and a few other players have come back. Yeah, look, Anderson's been, I suppose, yeah, dropped, rested. I mean, he's almost forty-one, so. He, you could sort of excuse for and he had some injury worries sure. of late. So I think you can probably you can probably excuse him for being for being rested, especially the, given the form he's in. I think they're going to prepare him, or certainly Ben Stokes was framing it as they're preparing him for his uh, home test in Manchester in a week or so's time, a couple of weeks time. Um, yeah, Ben and uh, Josh Tung, who was pretty good, I thought actually at Lords, he's also uh, dropped out of the side, and they, they brought in Mark Wood, uh, who's the quickest bowler. Um, he's the one that probably the Aussies are. Most fearful of, um, you know, certainly when uh, when Wood was uh, was not named for the first test, there were a few sighs of relief from the Australian camp. I think that they, that his pace can generally, can genuinely trouble. And they brought in Chris Wokes, who does have a very good record in England, uh, and uh, and Moen Ali's back, and they've uh, so it's taken away one specialist batter in uh, in Ollie Pope, who's dropped out with injury to uh, to bolster their their bowling. Given Ben Stokes might not be able to bowl himself 
on the back of a massive workload uh, at Lords, you know, highlighted by that 155, but also by the fact that he bowled 12 overs mm. uh, consecutively, uh, which is easily forgotten, and, and you know, a lot of bounces, which clearly take the when he's, uh, he's going on one neck as it is. Dan, um, were you surprised uh, England named their team so early? And um, have you heard any whispers about what we'll do? Because, you know, obviously Nathan Lyon has to be replaced, but uh, do we change any others in the bowling lineup? We're not majorly surprised that England named their team early. They've tended to do this uh, in, ba- in, in the baseball era. They, in fact, they've tended to do it even two days out. This day was just one day out. So it's, it's no, no great surprise. They sort of like to give everyone role clarity. And, um, I suppose not trying to keep too many secrets in that respect. Australia, uh, for, uh, for their part... Um, Confirmed, and then we're just wanting to see what happens with the quicks, um, in particular Josh Hazelwood, who, again, injury prone and has already played a couple of tests in a row. Short turnaround between um, between the second and third tests. Most of the quicks were on pretty light duties um, in the last few days, understandably so. So I think there's a, a strong chance that Scott Boland comes in for him, but that's yet to be confirmed. And there's just a little bit of a watcher space around Cameron Green, the all-round. <coughs> Excuse me, bowled, bowled 22 overs uh, at Lords given uh, Nathan Lyon's absence. So fair workload for him. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he was he barely trained yesterday, which is not in itself a huge story necessarily because it was an optional session on on a short turnaround. But just a little bit of watch this space as to whether he's a bit too sore and they, they might bring in Mitch Marshall. What would be his first test mm. in, in four years? It would be a pretty big call if they did that. Just before you disappear, Dan, what are the conditions like uh, today and for the next five days? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's cloudy overhead, but you know, it is England, so no great shock. Uh, but you know that 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 is obviously important um, in terms of uh, the swing and the, and the ball movement. Um, the, uh, the the pitch was looking uh, reasonably green yesterday. I haven't had a good look yet so far today, but uh, probably probably shave a little bit off. Mm. Uh, a bit of rain about, um, but I think we, you know I, I think we should. It sort of depends which forecast you look at. There are a couple of conflicting reports, but. Uh, I think we probably should uh, should have enough time to get a winner. Um, at, uh, but it remains to be seen. There's a little bit of drizzle around, but uh, I think we should be okay today. Dan, thanks so much for your time, mate, and enjoy the cricket. No worries. Thanks, guys.